1: Good Risings. I'm Liz Earnshaw and this is Hash It Out. I am joined this week with Ashley Ray. We have been talking about meditation and how you can make it a realistic part of your life, what it is, how to do it, all sorts of fun stuff. And today I have a question for you that I often get in my therapy room when I'm working with individuals or couples and I'm suggesting meditation to them. And something that people ask a lot is when do I start to see ROI on this? For anybody that doesn't know, when do I start to see return on investment in what I'm doing? A lot of people will start doing it and they'll come in and say, I don't know, it feels nice while I'm doing it, but it's not doing much for me or I'm really struggling. It never seems to work while I do it. And so I would love to hear what your thoughts are on that. I love this question
0: and I I get it. I am a type A as well. I'm an entrepreneur. I end up coaching and teaching a lot of entrepreneurs, people in finance, people in tech. So there's like this different part of the brain being used. I don't really wanna do it if it's gonna get me ahead or get me advanced. And like, I, I joke, I'm from the West Coast. But I live on the East Coast. The East Coast Meditation is this tool that we use to get ahead on the West Coast. It's like a lifestyle. So I feel like it's- Totally. like so different funny. approaches. It's so, I think it's so funny. But, and like, to be fair, as I mentioned earlier, I started my business 10 years ago. Meditation was not talked about the way it is now. It's far more accessible now. So the ROI question I love because It can feel like a waste of time. We're sitting there doing nothing. Like, Why would I be doing that when I could be doing X, Y, and Z instead? So I I understand. But I'll I'll reframe it as this. One of my teachers framed it this way to me, and I loved it. It's like going to the gym. We don't see the effects after one workout at the gym or after one healthy meal. It comes with repetition and consistency and showing up for ourselves. And the gym analogy is beautiful because not every session at the gym feels great. We often have a ton of resistance going to the gym. It often doesn't feel great while we're in it, but after, Oh my gosh, that felt so good. I'm so grateful that I went. So it's this resistance and pain and avoidance leading up to. And then when we're in it, maybe a bit of resistance is coming up. And then on the other side, wow, I'm so grateful I did that. And maybe not after every workout or every meditation, you're going to feel that. But with time, it starts to compound and it starts to, you know, I mentioned in an earlier episode you start to build trust with your body and you start to surrender a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And I think when we're chasing what we think it needs to feel like, it also sets up for for failure. I sat in meditation today and I didn't have this aha moment. Well, when you're chasing it, maybe you're not creating that spaciousness to allow it to come to you. You're like grasping for it and hooking onto this want and desire and need to make the meditation look right. Just like when you leave a, a workout, you're like, I don't have an ab or abs now. Like it's, It's not a correct measurable of what successful meditation looks like. And success is just showing up for yourself and creating that trust and creating that spaciousness for yourself. And, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. Some meditations, my whole meditation is, oh, I'm so uncomfortable. I don't want to be doing this. And other meditations, I'll be in tears of, wow, that was so powerful and so beautiful. But if my expectation was every meditation has to be this breakthrough where I'm in tears, then I would judge the ones where I'm uncomfortable as failure, which I don't. Like, okay, that was a building block. That was a foundational day that I just wanted to get back into my body today and just be present and be in this moment. And now I notice the days I don't meditate, day gets away from me, time gets away from me. So maybe even if that moment didn't feel like a breakthrough, oh, I can feel it through the rest of my day. So just the approaches we have to meditation and the way we measure success in meditation, it compounds and you start to experience it and feel it. Not always the most tangible way, but there's so much benefit and so much beauty to it if you trust the process and keep showing up.
1: And that's the hard part about practices that are good for us that we just have to trust and that there is no container necessarily for exactly what it has to look like. I think that when people are going into something new, um, they want these like immediate tangible results. That's how they can feel productive, right? So it's like, how do I know I'm doing a good job? Um, Should it be that by the end of the month, I can sit in silence for three hours? Or should it be that I'm working towards being able to go on a retreat? Or should I never have these thoughts anymore? So there's something that people are often looking for. And I think it's the same with the gym. It's the same with really anything we do to take care of ourselves, eating differently. We wish that there was something that somebody could say to us that would tell us that we're doing it right. And that's especially, I think, an East Coast vibe in many ways. But there's this feeling of, I want Ashley to say, oh, we'll know you're doing it right if by Saturday you're getting X, Y, and Z into your life. Or we'll know that you're doing your squats the right way if within one month X, Y, and Z is happening. But the thing is, is that humans are also individual. So there is nothing that we can give, which means that ultimately you need to be able to trust. And you need yeah. to be able to sit with that nuance of, I'm gonna have to feel with myself if this is something that's good for me or not. Um, and yeah. that's that's hard. I love how you just
0: framed that. And it's reminding me, I was on a retreat in India years ago and I kept asking the teacher, well, how do I know I'm doing this right? I want the exact definition. And I was saying it in front of a class, of like 40 people. And she stopped me and said, Ashley, this is a form of avoidance. Just do the thing. And I realized oh my analytical mind wants to know the black and the white and put it in an exact box of what right and wrong looks like and that moment of realizing oh I'm just trying to define it out of a form of avoidance that's a very we've normalized asking questions as like oh yeah but I'm just want to make sure I'm doing it right and we can kind of get a get a jail-free card on that one because I'm just trying to be better I'm trying better No, There's no right or wrong way to sit and breathe. I'll share tips tomorrow on how we can get there and what we can do, but you can just sit and breathe wherever you're sitting right now, listening to it, and you're meditating. So my analytical mind also gets hooked into these things, and this is my life, so I I mean... It's normal.
1: And it happens everywhere. I know that this is a little bit of a tangent, but it just came up for me as you were talking. So I have a staff of over 30 people and I like to help people become leaders, not just people that are managed, right? Because I trust them. And so when I'm helping people to get into their position, I often don't, I give direction of outcome that I want and how they could do that. You know, oh, this is how you log into your email and da, 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 da. But I don't say things like, I need you to message 15 people by the end of the week and we'll check off the box. And that means you're successful. What I notice is that initially when I say those things, people are like, oh, but I, but I want to do a good job for you. Mm -hmm. I want to be successful. And when I say to them, I actually trust that you'll do that. And I Mm -hmm. trust that if we're not getting there, we'll talk about it. And I don't want to give you the parameters that you think you have to use for that measurement because that's actually not going to help you to be successful. You have to be successful in your own way. That's really uncomfortable for the first like month of working with me, I think. But then what they start to notice is, oh my gosh, I didn't need her to tell me that I should email them instead of call them or that I should use pink instead of purple for the document. Like that I can come up with it and do a great job. And then I can trust myself, too. And I think it's similar with meditation. It feels really uncomfortable to trust yourself at first. But mm-hmm. what starts to happen is you start to realize, oh, you know, somebody else goes to a retreat and meditates. That's cool, but the way I meditate is when I'm on my bike and I'm mm-hmm. really active. Or the way I meditate is when I'm washing dishes or cleaning the floorboards or whatever it is. But that it's okay to trust yourself to do it in your own way. And that if you have a teacher that's telling you there's only one way to do it, they're actually not trusting you.
0: Yeah, and I think what's so funny about this is the trust is developed the more you meditate.
1: Yes, (laughs) the more you take the the risk. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It all all comes together,
1: it all comes together. together. But something to normalize is that it's actually very normal human experience for people to not trust themselves at first and to need to take the risk so that they can see themselves doing the thing. And so whether you're doing a new work task or meditating or trying a new communication pattern with your partner, you're probably not gonna think you're doing it right at first and that's okay. And as long as you keep trying, you will start to develop that trust. That's actually how you develop it. Yeah, I believe confidence and trust comes with momentum and
0: just leaning into it and trying it and testing it so i love that
1: amazing so we will be back tomorrow to talk more about meditation ashley is going to share some tangible things that you can do to begin to integrate meditation into your life so make sure that you join us tomorrow I'm Liz Earnshaw. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and you can find me on Instagram at Liz Listens. Thank you so much for listening to Good Risings. We love to hear from you, so please take a moment to leave a review. Until next time, love on your loved ones, and when that gets hard, tune into me to learn how to hash it out. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio.